Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have a very interesting guest with me. And lucky you, folks, you get relationship advice from an expert palm reader. Uh, her name is Cynthia Clark. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Cynthia Clark began her soulmate journey at a young age. Married by the time she was 21 years old, she was with her first husband for 19 years. When her marriage ended, Cynthia went through a rebound period that taught her a lot about partner selection, especially inappropriate selections. Using the processes she now teaches, she found the love of her life and is now happily remarried in a beautiful, expansive soulmate relationship. Her extensive work in palmistry and energy healing has guided her to assist others in this journey. Cynthia has coached thousands of people in all areas of their lives, including relationship guidance. She is the author of Stories in Your Hands, Discover Your Authentic Destiny Using Palmistry and Tarot, and has personally worked with over 7,000 people worldwide. She's the creator of the Soulmate Code System, to identify soulmate archetypes using hand analysis. She's passionate and compassionate toward those seeking their soulmate relationship, and her greatest desire is that everyone seeking true love finds it and lives it. When you are in a relationship like that, it opens up the rest of your life as well, including greater joy, greater abundance, greater health, and greater fulfillment. So welcome to the show, Cynthia. Oh, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. This is a this is a fun one. It's a little it's like woo even for us. So I'm totally stoked <laughs> on it. I love it. I love it. I love it. My uh my inner Romanian is is jumping for joy with this one. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> but before we get started, will you tell our listeners what your superpowers are? Oh, certainly. Um my superpower actually has to do with the ability to see patterns. So when I first started reading palms, you know, I, I consider palmistry a, uh, it's a language, you know, it's like learning a foreign language. And over time, it starts to stick with you and you start to see the patterns and you start to see the things kind of thread together. So my superpower is the ability to see the patterns through the hands using uh, palmistry. And I've been able to combine it with other things. So that's what my whole book is about, the, the archetypes and how it combines with tarot and the major arcana of the tarot cards. Uh, so that was, that was something that came to me uh, through my, just my, all my experiences. Very cool. I cannot wait to dive into that. Um, and I'm also just super curious, like how you came to palmistry. Um, I love talking with people who have very non-traditional life paths. And, um, and so, yeah, I would just, I would love to hear like how you found that world and, and what that journey has been like for you. Yeah, so I actually grew up in a pretty traditional household <laughs> in Salt Lake City, Utah. And, you know, I, I didn't start studying palms and palmistry until I was in my early 30s. Mm. So before that, I had a business degree from the University of Utah. 
I ran a restaurant for about seven years at, with my ex-husband and, you know, pretty normal life, I would say. <laughs> and uh, I found this book on palmistry at the library one day, and it was after we had sold the restaurant. And I was basically retired at that time and really had no idea what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And of course, there are no, I don't believe in accidents or things sure. like I believe things come to us when they're ready. And so I found this book on palm reading and I took it home and I started to read it. And I had this really profound deja vu experience that I had studied it before, that I needed to study it again. And it was just really one of those things that was like hitting me in the head. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So and so, so how, <laughs> how does one go about studying palmistry? Like, was it all just books and self-study or? Uh, it was a lot of books. I've probably read at least 70 books on palm reading. Wow. Um, I mean, there's a lot out there, but it's also about reading people in person, you know? So I, at the time when I was just starting to learn, I was going to all my friends and family and I was saying, Hey, do you mind if I just look at your hands? Mm -hmm. I need to practice this, you know, and, and I started applying some of the information I learned from books and the, the response was so overwhelmingly positive. You know, it was really like, yeah, you should be doing this. Why aren't you doing this? <laughs> it was so interesting. It was really an awakening. Um, but I did also find some teachers online and I, I I've done a lot of formal training as well. That's so fun. And I'm just really curious because you know, I have Eastern European background and, and this kind of thing, like the palm reading and the tarot, it's something that I've been intrigued with ever since I was a kid. You know, I, I picked up my first book about palmistry when I was 11 years old. Um, and I think there's something like ancestral in there, but I'm curious if you, if you know more about like with the origin of like how, how people discovered that you can learn about yourself through reading lines on your hand? Well, as far as I know, palm reading is over 5,000 years old. And we believe it originated in either China or India, uh -huh. so somewhere in the Far East. And, you know, it's interesting how, you know, there's, there's different disciplines and different ways. Like the Indian palmistry tends to be more uh, future telling. You know, they want to predict the future quite a bit through their readings. And Chinese palmistry uses a lot of health aspects. Uh -huh. So, you know, it does have some different aspects to it. Um, and then modern palmistry, you know, is kind of morphed into, uh, you know, in my opinion, it's super useful because it just tells you all about who you are. It's, you know, your hands are like your mirror to who you are. But it's changeable, too. So, you know, as far as, like, predicting something, uh, I tend to stay a little bit I'm, – I'm careful about that because I really want to empower people to make better decisions in their lives rather than just give them a, a fortune-telling kind of a reading mm -hmm. because the lines do, can and do change. Yeah, I've noticed that in my own hands, um, you know, because I have – I have lots of lines in my hands and it's something I've, like I said, I've been very fascinated with since I was a kid and, and I've watched them over the years and they do change. And I've, I've always been so curious about that because I think that sort of the, the common 
um, storyline that we have, especially in, in the U S culture is that, um, you know, it's a, it's a fortune telling thing. And so I've always been curious, like, how can you tell someone's future through their hands when the hands change? Yeah. I mean, I look at it more like past, present and future is always on both of your hands all the time. But because we have free will and we have an ability to make different choices in our lives, and we also have different circumstances and, you know, different situations that come up, you know, that's going to reflect in the hands also. So, yeah, even though we can see the patterns and things like that, it's not set in stone. I use it more to help guide people in how to be more happy and fulfilled in their lives. Cool. Well, we're going to, um, we're going to dive into how you do that. You've gotten me thinking about all sorts of quantum realities happening at the same time. Um, but that's a larger conversation than what we're in for right now. <laughs> so we do have to go to a quick break. And before we do, will you tell uh, everyone where they can go to find out more about you and your work? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me over at loveinyourhands.com or at palmistry.world. Okay, we're talking with Cynthia Clark, and when we get back from the break, she's going to give us some relationship advice. She is an expert palm reader, so stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24 seven access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. So how do you taking lines on someone's hand um how are you able to give them relationship advice from that? Oh, the hands have so much information. It's just amazing. (laughs) And it's actually more than just the lines. This is another thing that most people don't realize is that there's actually three different aspects to palm reading. Uh, The first is the fingerprints. Okay. So the fingerprints actually form on your hands five months before you're born and they never change. So that's the one aspect of your hands that is definitely permanent and you can cut them, you can burn them. They'll grow back exactly the same way. That represents your soul imprint. Okay. So that'll be more like the big overview of your life. So you can definitely apply uh, that to relationships and understanding your life purpose and life lesson, uh, just how you look through life. That'll come through the fingerprints. Uh, secondly, we look at the handshape, and this is what I talk about when I refer to the archetypes because they form your handshape forms by the time you're about six years old. So when you think about being a little baby to the time you're about six years old, you're incredibly vulnerable to just absorbing everything in your environment, right? Mm-hmm. And you're also in your subconscious mind. So they've actually done brain test studies and stuff like that with babies. 
And they're exclusively in the delta and theta brain states when they're, when they're babies. So what that means is that you're, you're going to form a hand shape by the time you're about six years old. And this really sets by then sort of like a, like a jello mold. You can kind of think of it like that. And that's going to represent your subconscious influences or your archetypes. And that's going to impact you for the rest of your life. And then yeah, hold on, I want to I want to pause you for a second because they there's also been research that has come out that suggests that we can we can actually shift some of those imprints. It's not easy, and it takes conscious effort, but it is possible. Do you it have is a- yes, it is possible. I agree, but it's not very common. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although. I mean, that is kind of what we're doing over here at SBE. So I just wanted to like, <laughs> but I'm very intrigued. Okay, so sorry. Well, yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you really changed your personality, it would reflect in your hands and you might actually change hand shapes, but that would be very, uh, that would be uncommon. I'll just put it that way. Sure. So, um, but the, the more common aspect of change in the hands is the lines And of course, those ebb and flow like rivers of energy. So you can really track changes that way uh, very easily. And one of the places that I look on the hands for uh, relationship information is your heart line, because that's going to represent your emotional flow. It's how much you feel, how you express those feelings. And you can see things like trauma or heartbreak. You can see things like uh, feeling unsupported. You can also see things like partner preferences. So it's really uh, interesting. So, so say more about the partner preferences and how that shows up in the line. Uh, so yeah, the heart line is the line that's at the top of your hand. So just underneath the fingers, it starts just underneath the little finger. And then it usually heads towards either the index finger or the middle finger. Okay, so that's your heart line. Mm -hmm. It's a major line in the hands, which means that every person has this line in their hands. Um, They also have a headline, which is the line in the middle part of your hand. And they also have a lifeline, which is the one that wraps around your thumb ball. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the heart line is your emotional flow line. So a partner preference can show up on this line. It's not all that common. It's maybe 10 or 15% of the time, but it'll have a, a branch, like a, almost like a forking that will go to one of the other fingers, or it might even head down towards the thumb. And so, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that there's a specific type of partner that you were, would really prefer to be with. Now, so, so is this now going to sort of towards the, the soulmate archetypes and is this like using my, this is my guess and I want to hear if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, my guess is that it has to do with the, um, sort of the astrology that is assigned to the different fingers and then how you've married that with the tarot. Is this... Uh, actually for the archetypes, I don't look at lines at all. I look at the hand shapes. Okay. So, so that's, a, um, that's just taking it a little bit deeper uh-huh. into, uh, partner preferences because, um, the hands really are 
incredibly complex, <laughs> which is kind of cool. You know, it's cool that they're like that, but it also um, is why it takes me so much time to do like a, just to do an emotional reading with somebody. Uh, you know, there's a lot to look at. But yeah, in terms of like the archetypes, what I look at is the hand shape. So I look at the fingers relative to the palm. And then I look at the fingers themselves and I look at uh, what I call the strong finger. And um, that's going to be like your dominant finger. Mm -hmm. And we look at that. Uh, we always compare everything to each other on the hand. So like, for example, I wouldn't look at your hand versus my hand. You look at the hand itself and then you look at the relativeness on that hand. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, but give us an example of like hand shape and yeah, so, like what, like if someone's, if someone's listening to this and they're looking at their hands, like what, give them something to play with. Yeah. So for example, you take a look at your, at your fingers and you want to ask yourself, do I have short fingers or long fingers? And you can measure that based upon you take your middle finger and you compare it to the length of your palm. Okay. So if your middle finger is less than three quarters the length of your palm, then you have short fingers. Okay. okay. So otherwise you have long fingers. What if it's exactly three quarters the length of your palm? Uh, then just take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to look at it is probably what I would say. But um, I would tend to, uh, I would just tend to go on the short side if, if it was on the border. Okay. Because usually it's on the short side. So what do um, short fingers say about your soulmate archetype? Or is it not that simplistic? Uh, well, that's just step one. Okay. But short fingers do tell you, so tell you something about you. And what it tells you is that you're more of a big picture person. So you're not, uh, you don't get bogged down by all the details. You would rather look at the big picture of things. So people with long fingers are more detail oriented. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So then we look at the length of the palm and then we look at it and go, okay, is our palm square or is it more rectangular? And again, we take the measurement from the base of the middle finger to what's called the rasets, which is like the wrist lines. Mm -hmm. You go to the first wrist line and then you measure that length and then you measure uh, that versus the width. And you just go, okay, if this is like a centimeter or less different, then you have square palms. And if it's more than a centimeter, then you've got uh, rectangular palms. Okay. And what does okay. that tell you? So, yeah. So that combination will tell you what your element is. Okay. So there's going to be four different possible choices from that. So you're either going to have short fingers and a rectangular palm, which is fire. You're either going to have short fingers and a square palm, that's earth. You're going to have long fingers and a rectangular palm, which is water. Or you're going to have long fingers and a square palm, which is air. Okay, so the first thing we determine is just what is our primary element. Okay. And uh, the second thing we do is look at the fingers, and that's how we determine our archetype. Okay. So, and so... So give us the different archetypes of the different elements. 
Well, uh, there's 22, <laughs> so there's a lot, but, um, so are you then relating that? Is that where you're, you're bringing the tarot in? How, where's the bridge there? How does that exactly. overlap? That's exactly correct. Okay. So, um, so based upon the strong finger. Okay. So we're looking at the, the four fingers, the index, the middle, the ring and the little finger. And then we look at those. So after we get our handshake, we look at the fingers to determine what's our dominant finger and that combination. So like fire, Jupiter, you know, fire, Saturn, air, Apollo, like those create the archetypes. Okay. And so it does have to do with the astrological, the planets that are assigned to the different fingers. Yeah. I refer to them more as the Roman gods. Okay. Uh, because Apollo is not really a planet and True. that's, that's your ring finger. But um, some people do associate them with the planets, and there's a lot of crossover, of course. So, and then, and then you, and then you found that those in the tarot, those archetypes in the tarot, exactly the two. That's so fun. Right. Yeah. So you've got a magician hand, you've got a chariot hand, you've got a high priestess hand. You know, all of those, and and each of those represents a different way of thinking and being and and interacting with the world. And it also tells you who your best match is, who is your soulmate match. How? Okay. But with this, we got to talk about this, but so first off, <laughs> yeah, I know it's cool, yeah. right? Okay. So, so how, first of all, how does it tell you? So, what? so you have to understand the, the connection between the elements, first of all, so, for example, um, a fire hand is going to be best matched with an air hand, and a water hand is going to be best matched with an earth hand. Okay, so that's kind of the first way that we, we gauge, okay, who's compatible with who. Okay, so um, if your hand is fire, you're going to want to find uh, the, actually, it's the exact opposite hand shape of you. It's so if you're short finger rectangular palm, you're going to want to look for somebody with long fingers and a square palm because that's your best match. And then you further go into the fingers and you have to understand the elements of the fingers. So, for example, the index finger is Jupiter that represents water. The middle finger is Saturn representing Earth. The ring finger is Apollo representing fire. And the little finger is Mercury representing air. So again, you can take a strong finger, like let's say your strong finger is mercury or your little finger, that's air. You would want to combine that with somebody else who is a strong uh, fire finger, which is Apollo. So you'd want to find a, a, a person with a strong Apollo finger for your, for your best match. So it's actually really scientific. Fascinating. Okay. So, so... The other, this is, this is what I wanted to flush out a little bit more because the, the whole soulmate conversation in and of itself is something that I, I struggle with sometimes. I, have, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions. It, it can lead to a lot of um, ideas that we've perpetuated in our culture that I believe to be really unhealthy, like around like there's only one person that in the world that is like my ultimate ideal match. And I really just don't, I'm at this point in my, my life walk and my experience, right? I just don't believe that's true. Um, I totally agree with you. 
Okay, cool. Um, yes. I'm glad we're on the same page about that one because I think that we, I think we as a culture, we get like really super off track with that. I completely agree. And um, that's the thing that I love about my system. It's like, well, you can actually have many, many, many soulmate matches that would be fantastic for you. And, you know, we sometimes we limit ourselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like we really limit ourselves in thinking there's just one person and, yeah. you know, oh my gosh, I missed my chance. And, right. you know, God, it's so awful when I hear stuff like that because it's just, you know, you hear people say, oh, I'm cursed or, you know, I, I've missed the boat. Right. You know, to me, that's just like, that's such crap because. Yeah. There are so many more, like, there's a lot of people with these handshapes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. If it's, a, if it's as simple as we're breaking it down to handshapes, there's a lot of fish in the sea. It's true. Exactly. And it's just a matter of finding the right combination for you. So, you know, but you also have to be open to it and you also have to, you know, energetically be ready for a relationship, for that type of relationship. And, you know, not everybody is. And it so takes say a little time. bit more about that. Like when you say that type of relationship, what do you, what do you mean? Well, some people, for example, just want to have like a flirting, flingy type relationship or, you know, maybe they're, maybe they like being single and they really just want to keep that independence. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people who are like, oh no, I don't want to have a relationship. And it's like, okay, you know, that's your choice. You know, not everybody wants to choose the pathway of being in a, in a soulmate type relationship. And I consider that a pretty serious relationship, obviously, because it's something that you, you, you mutually choose to go into together. It's a deep commitment and it will affect every part of your life, obviously. So it's going to bring up all your stuff too. I it mean, certainly is. It's going to bring up, you. yeah, it's going to bring up your junk. And if you're not willing to look at that or work with it or whatever, it's like, well, you know, maybe the timing isn't right or, you know, you're not at a stage of development where that's appropriate for you. And that's, that's okay too. Okay. So I love this because what I'm hearing you say is that finding someone who you're compatible with does not mean that you're going to have a fairy tale romance. It means that you're going to be in a really deep, powerful relationship that can be like for your soul's highest expression, essentially. Yes, that's exactly how I consider a soulmate relationship. It's incredibly expansive and it really challenges you to reach your potential. I mean, it opens you up to things that you otherwise probably wouldn't do on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at my husband and what he does for me. He's completely supportive of what I do for a living. And he also helps, like, make it happen. And, you know, he's, he's really forced me to look at stuff, you know, like, why did I go through my fatal attraction? And why did I go through my divorce? You know, it's, it really has forced me to to look at that and heal it. And, and, you know, I'm super grateful because now I feel like, Hey, I can really help other people with this because I have the perspective. So um, say more about fatal attraction. What do you mean by that? So yeah, fatal attraction, I consider that like a rebound relationship. So let's say, for example, you go through a divorce or, or even just a breakup and it's, you know, traumatic or whatever. 
And then you end up attracting this, this person who you think is the one, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, you have this like incredible, like physical attraction to this mm-hmm. person. But then after a little bit of time, you realize, hey, this person's not really what I thought they were. And you start to have problems and you start to have, you know, doubts and, and issues start to crop up. I consider that a fatal attraction when you are in a space of deep, like vulnerability and insecurity. Um, Because, you know, when I got divorced, I was super insecure. Like I felt like the world was ending. I felt like I was never going to stand on my own two feet ever again. And what did I do? I immediately attracted a person who was like coming in to rescue me. Mm-hmm. And of course, I clung to him like he was, you know, a life preserver. And <laughs> it's kind of funny to look back on it. It's like, wow, okay, yeah, for sure. He was not, he was not the one. Um, because yeah, after a certain amount of time, he, you know, we just really had a dynamic that was not healthy. You know, and and ultimately a soulmate relationship is going to be a healthy relationship. You're going to have good boundaries with each other. You're going to have mutual respect for each other. And And you're going to be independent. You're going to be whole and complete within yourself. You know, you're not looking to the other person to fulfill all of your needs and desires. You know, it's, it's a totally different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's actually pretty common when there's the like insane chemistry. Um, I think that's really it's like it's like separating out that that chemistry that can happen at the beginning that almost like blinds you from any rational thought whatsoever yes. um, to to a, a really deeper experience of love and fulfillment. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't mean you can't have like insane sexual attraction and chemistry in that space as well. But I have found there's like a certain, at least I know I've experienced in my own life, there's like a certain quality of like intense attraction that it does. It's like it, it obstructs and blinds you from anything that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. And then you start making excuses, mm-hmm. you know, the excuses of, you know, you're going to try and make it work. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll fix him or I'll fix her. You know, you, you come into that kind of energy and it's like, you know, it, it usually just gets worse <laughs> rather than better. So <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, so how, what then, you know, if we're talking about like relationship advice, like how do you take what's in someone's hand? Um, like, can you give some examples? Like if someone's listening right now and they have like a certain quality in their hand, is there like a specific um, thing that they should be aware of or conscious of? Like, does it work like that? Or do you have no. to look at the person's whole hand? No, 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 no. We can definitely talk about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> okay, let's, do, let's give some little little things that someone out there listening can, can actually play with right now. Yeah, I'll try to make it easy because cool. um, sometimes things get complicated, like the lines. Well, especially we're, we're not, we don't have a visual expression here with all exactly. audio. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some other things that are easier to recognize. So um, take a look at your little finger. 
okay, which is your mercury finger, that is your finger of communications. Okay, now if this finger is bending in any way, that weakens the finger and it creates some sort of a stress. Okay, now these things can bend over years of time. Okay, but they can also straighten up too if you change your behavior, change the way that you think and feel. Okay, but a common bend, and this is one that I see all the time, is the little finger curving towards the uh, ring finger. Okay, uh -huh. Uh -huh. so if that's happening, that's basically saying, I don't trust. Okay. So yeah, and a lot of times if it's really crooked, it can turn into not only do I not trust, but I feel like I have to manipulate in order to get what I want. Oh, you can tell that from someone's little finger. Yeah. Crazy. Pretty juicy, huh? <laughs> mine is like mine is like straight, like super straight. Well, that's uh, that's the best way to be. Because basically, if your little finger is straight as an arrow, that means that what you are thinking and what you are expressing is one and the same. Hmm. So that's a very straightforward communicator and somebody who doesn't have this problem. So in other words, you're, you're, you have a, an appropriate level of trust. So, but if so, so if someone is listening, though, and they're like, oh, snap, my finger is curving in towards my ring finger what it, yeah. what do you recommend what do you say uh, to well then i would recommend some healing work around it because there's probably something from your past uh that maybe happened to you that that caused it to bend in the first place mm -hmm. so you know i would want to go back in time and kind of explore places and times when when you couldn't trust or what happened to you you know and maybe it was in a previous marriage maybe it was in your childhood and you have some really fascinating other tools that you work with too. Like how, what do you then do? Cause it's not just going and poking around in someone's psyche. Like it from, from looking at your work, like you have ways that you actually help people clear that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been doing energy work for over 20 years now and I'm certified in a whole bunch of different modalities. So I, I basically combine a lot of stuff depending upon what each individual needs. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's definitely ways to shift that. And I would work with the person, uh, independently and I would figure out, you know, what's the best tool for us to use, or maybe it's a combination of tools and yeah, we would definitely work on, on getting it, getting it shifted into a more positive space. What are some of the tools that you work with for, for that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, so I'm certified in uh, reconnective healing which is a form of just energy. Uh, it's like being a catalyst for uh, healing. <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, that's the work of uh, Eric Pearl. Um, if you, if you want to look him up, he's been doing this for a long time. Uh, I also do uh, Psych-K, which stands for Psychological Kinesiology. So we take a negative belief and we turn it into a positive belief and we shift that in your subconscious. Uh, I'm certified in access consciousness, uh -huh. which is uh, taking these points on your head and we actually shift things. You know, we, we kind of do, it's like a reset button almost for like ways you've limited yourself. Um, and I also do uh, this really cool computer program called the Trinfinity 8. 
And that works with uh, actual binary coding in a computer, and it will talk directly to your cells. And we can program it to actually work with specific things that you struggle with. And it's, it's amazing how that thing works. Yeah, I was looking at that thing on your website, and I'm like totally fascinated. And, yeah. And it's, uh, blown yeah. away kind of that like how like how how that even works is yeah so so that was actually created by this woman who was a psychologist her name's Kathy Forty and she had a near death experience where she was like stopped in the tunnel and she was told to go back to earth and create this computer program and it took her years and years to create it but um she finally got it out there. And, and it's really a, a multi-dimensional tool. And I've, I've used it a lot with uh, what I call the heart chambers. Um, so for example, you can see on your hands, the quality of your heart chambers, and um, you, you might be blocked in a specific heart chamber, for example, like your manifestation heart, maybe you don't really know what you want to achieve in, in your life. You know, you can see stuff like that. Like, for example, that one is on your thumb. Okay, okay. Your, thumb, your thumb is your manifestation finger, and it represents your willpower. Okay, so if you look at the uppermost section of your thumb, that is your manifestation section. Okay, so if you have a big section here, by the way, that shows a good ability to, uh, you know, use your willpower to achieve your goals. Okay. But let's say there's a horizontal line going through, and that would be on like the lower left-hand side, okay? That would be your manifestation heart chamber. And so I can see that when I look at your hands, obviously, and analyze things, I can determine, okay, well, let's say that's blocked. All right, well, let's open it back up again. First, we need to decide you know, what is it we want to actually manifest? And a lot of times people are just too vague. Right. In their, you know, they don't set intentions. They don't write things down. They don't think about it. You know, they're just running on their subconscious programming, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, hey, guess what? You can be a creator of your life. And so we would open up that heart chamber. And I can use the Trinfinity to help you do that. That is so cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so so we've talked about the little finger. We've talked about the thumb. Can you give us something else? I saw something in in one of your videos about those sort of like your sexual. Um, yeah. So or I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I, I like to call it your appetite. <laughs> okay, yes. Let's talk about sexual appetite. How does that show up in your hands? Okay, so that would be in your venous mount, which is the thumbball region of your hand. So it's right off of your thumb, and it's usually the biggest sort of puffy area of your hand. It goes, um, your lifeline usually wraps around your venous, okay? And it's, we call them mounts because they look like little mountains. Mm -hmm. on your hands. Okay. So this is really easy to tell. So you look at your, your Venus mount and the bigger this is, the bigger your appetite is. Okay. So we call this also the sex drugs and rock and roll mount. 
<laughs> yes, okay. my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> Venus. <laughs> okay, so if you have a super big Venus, that means you have a huge appetite. And um, if you have a very small one, like let's say it looks like a balloon that's been popped, you know, and it's kind of, de you know, deflated. Uh, well, then that means that your appetite has been deflated mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and this also has to do with like your giving energy. So how much do you have to give? Like how much do you want to put out there? Uh, bigger Venus mounts are, are generally more giving type people. Mm. Okay. Now we like to compare that with what we call Luna, which is on the exact opposite part of your hand. Okay. So if you look at your, uh, underneath your little finger, but towards the wrist. Okay. So the bottom part of the hand, and it's actually the least accessible part of your hand because your thumb can't reach over there. Uh -huh. Okay. So that's called Luna and Luna represents your deep subconscious. Okay, so Luna is where your sacral chakra is located, and whereas Venus is your heart chakra, okay, and it's also your area of receiving. Okay, so if this section is small, which it is on a lot of women, by the way, over the years I've, I've noticed this, mm -hmm. um, a lot of women have trouble receiving. You know, they always feel like they got to be the nurturers. They got to be the ones who, you know, give themselves emotionally and, and all that. And there's a lot of sacrifice energy, you know, that, that can really show up in Luna being depleted. So ideally, you would want to see these kind of balanced. Okay. So in other words, not necessarily too puffy because <laughs> that can be frustrating <laughs> mm -hmm. um but also not flat or not droopy uh you know color wise we would want to see kind of a nice healthy pink you know that's what we want to look for so so you've talked about how the hands can change over time and so if you see someone who has you know the deflated venus mound or the deflated uh, Luna mound you you then sort of guide them in terms of you know exercises to be able to increase their appetite or to increase their ability to receive absolutely yeah we would definitely go through uh, ways to change that and shift that for that person that is this is so fun I love this kind of stuff um, so we're getting close to the end of our time before we go. Is there, is there anything that you have not shared with our listeners that you really want to make sure we cover today? Uh, yes, I do actually. Um, okay. So on my website, loveinyourhands.com, I actually created a way to sort of automate the system <laughs> where you can actually uh, join my membership. It's called the Soulmate Connection Membership. And you can upload a digital photo of your palm and the computer will help you figure out what your archetype is and you will go to a results page. It'll tell you exactly, you know, who your soulmate matches, who your fatal attraction is, who your opposite matches, who your great matches are. And then it will take you into, you can create your own profile and you can actually get matched in the system with people who are a match for you. So it's like a palmistry dating site? Yes. That is so awesome. <laughs> 
And I've also combined it with a fairly complex algorithm. It uses uh, astrology and Chinese astrology in addition to the palm reading. So it's, it's a pretty cool uh, little system. That is so fun. Um, so go check it out. Go to loveinyourhands.com. Check out her stuff. Cynthia, I want to um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was a very fun, fun conversation. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I really love uh, loved coming on. Yeah. And to our listeners, if you have not yet joined us in the Facebook group, Superpowers Are Real, come check us out there. Um, you can go to superpowerexperts.com. You can take the quiz, find out what your superpowers are. Uh, we've got lots of different ways to connect. Um, and yes, so come and play with us. Come, come get deeper with us. And thank you so, so much for tuning into the show. I know you guys are all over the world, and I'm just so thrilled to be connected with everyone in this way. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.